0: Hello and welcome to Almost 30 Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I am also so glad you're here. It's Linz and Krista. Thank you
1: for listening. If you're an OG, what's happening? Thank you. Thank you for all of your support over the years. And if you're new to the pod, welcome. Welcome. (laughs) I'm Krista and I'm one of your guides during these conversations. Yeah. I'm curious how you guys found us. Make sure you're following us on Almost 30 Podcast on Instagram and just subscribe so you can get... New episodes from us every single week. Today's episode, y'all. I'm, I'm excited. I'm feeling this
0: advice. Yeah, this. <laughs> I'm was, heeding this advice. This was one that um we want. It was like a selfish one where we wanted to bring. Therese Huston on just because we have a lot to learn from her. We've learned a lot from her and especially as entrepreneurs and bosses. And even when I was in the work, the corporate world, when I was managing people or being managed, so much of her information has is just so relevant and helpful. I am so excited to apply what I've learned to the team and really to my life.
1: Yeah. When we first started the business and first started hiring the team. I just realized how valuable it would have been if I I was in more of like corporate settings previously because I do think that there is a candor and a cadence to feedback that I really had no idea about. Um, I was in an industry where like there was immediate feedback of like, nope, you didn't get the job, but like no more feedback beyond that. Yes. So I actually was not really familiar with what that would look like in running a business. And it was kind of awkward for me for a long time because I, I, I don't know. I just kind of felt guilty giving direct, real feedback yes. because I was worried about how they were going to take it. But obviously, I've learned that this is how you create a really strong, robust, like
0: growth-minded team. Yeah. So this episode is really all about giving good feedback how women and men in- interact differently in the workplace and how we can be better teammates, bosses, you know, even friends and even better in relationships with giving constructive feedback and how to be a better leader. And I feel like a lot of this information was helpful for me in understanding how I acted earlier on in my career and then how, you know, hopefully as a manager and as, you know, a leader that we can be better about our feedback. And it's interesting when I think about constructive criticism or feedback, it's been some of the most challenging times of Mm -hmm. my life to get feedback. And then also in the end, it always is so helpful. Like I'll never forget at my first job, I was working underneath this person. He was like a a senior director and I was like service, I was in account management. So I was essentially like the support staff to him. And um, he was honestly the most direct, like no bullshit Person in the whole company, like he had this like very much reputation. He was like not very warm, not very friendly, just very super direct and to the point. And I, during my maybe my six month in, I found a calendar because I actually managed his calendar. So I would schedule calls in his calendar. I would like manage their relationships uh, from that point, and then you'd eventually move up to like more prominent parts. But I was managing his calendar, and he had a calendar invite to uh, the managing director that said a conversation about Krista. <laughs> <laughs> and he forgot He forgot to make it so I couldn't see. So I read in the planner that I was really green. I was unable to like upward manage. I was unable oh, wow. to speak clearly. I was unable to like do all of these things. It really basically pointed out very directly the things he wanted to talk about with this managing director about ways I was not up to par and ways that I was like really just not stepping into my role or doing a good job. I cried for freaking days <laughs> when I saw that. I was like, oh, green, green. I remember where I was. I was sitting at this desk. I was in Washington DC where our other office, our headquarters was at the, the time. And I cried for days. I was like, oh my God, I cannot believe. Like just thinking about someone mm. and the perspective that I had was, he's talking bad about me. You know, oh, you really. come into the corporate world with that same sort of, high school college mentality of if someone's talking about me, they're talking bad about me and they don't have my best interest at heart. And this is personal. And this is something that means I'm bad. And I really wish I would have had a better understanding of like that context shift of that doesn't mean something personal. And that it really is for the best interest of you and the team and all these things. But that was my thought. I was like, always talking bad about me and I am bad and I am all these things. I, it took me a few days. I scheduled a meeting and I brought up that I saw the planner to him and- That's pretty good. That's good of you. Yeah, that was was pretty ballsy of me. Well, it was also, it was very much the mature part of me because I couldn't lie and be like, I don't know this information. But then it was also the part of me that was like, you're talking bad about me and I'm going to tell you that I know. (laughs) And so we brought it up and we ended up talking. Well, eventually, you know, after this conversation, we called it like a come to Jesus meeting. He called it a come to Jesus meeting where he was eventually able to be really honest with me about, all this that he was seeing and experiencing, you know, we ended up being like one of the most successful teams at the company. And I got promoted like three times in the role because it really did provide us the opportunity to be really honest with one another Mm -hmm. where it was like, you know, we're going to be at this place where I felt incredibly alone and I felt bad and I felt all these things. So to come together in like an honest place and just be really forthcoming about how we were feeling and then eventually work well together, it was really powerful and I'll never forget how I felt during it. And it doesn't make it easier and it doesn't make getting feedback any less stressful or any less anything, but it is and always has been some of the most impactful and helpful parts of my entire career when I have gotten feedback and if I haven't gotten feedback out of company, it often means that I don't think they care, to be honest. Yeah. You know, I don't think they're really monitoring what I'm doing, or I don't think that they really, you know, care about how I'm doing in the role. And so, while most companies wait till something is bad to give feedback, I always find that it's really helpful throughout to be continuously giving feedback. hmm I feel like getting feedback is
1: like a meditative experience where you have to really watch where your mind goes. Yes. You know, to be open to feedback, you kind of have to keep keep the channels open, so you're not automatically going to. But they don't know me. They don't know yes. you know. They don't know what I do behind the scenes. Like I think our mind can get so loud and busy while in the moment of receiving feedback, but also in the wake of receiving feedback, and then we're unable to leverage it as that what Ther- uh, Therese talks about as that superpower. Mm-hmm. And just think about how much time is saved when you understand clearly when and how feedback is given, knowing that it's not the end-all be-all and it's actually an opportunity to grow, how much quicker you were able to work as a team Mm -hmm. because of it. And same, you know, we experience it with Almost 30, where if, if we're able to give really direct, honest feedback and have the person hear it, understand it, and then leverage it and change what they're doing, we're all so much happier and it just happens so quickly and we're
0: able to be more productive and just thoughtful, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It's I think almost all managers probably can relate to to oh, hating sure. to give feedback. Therese has a lot of studies and information that says, you know, around 44% of managers really dread giving feedback. And it is one of those things that I think a lot of times now because people move so quickly and now we're all digital. And in this interview, we actually talk about how to give feedback digitally when you guys mm-hmm. are working over Zoom or you guys are remote. That because people avoid giving feedback so often that it feels better in the interim, you know you're like mm-hmm. okay wow I don't have to tell them that they're not up to par or whatever's not working, but it really is detrimental to the overall, you know, productivity of the team or um like energy of the team and it just can really hurt in the long run.
1: And I think as a manager now, you know, I definitely have my moments where in giving feedback I'm then overthinking the way I'm giving it. So what Mm -hmm. was really helpful about Dr. Huston's work is that it was giving me ideas for like a framework that we could have Mm -hmm. so that we're all in on it. And we all understand the way this works. So it's not just like a call out of the blue and like just rattle it off and like figure out what to do with it. It's like very intentional. You know, she gives us like just words to use and ways in which we can you know, basically build this conversation around feedback, uh, build the um, check-ins around progress. And yeah, it just felt really, really good. I mean, even like talking to Sean about his experience in like the financial world, he's gotten a lot of feedback um, about things. And it's always so funny to hear him in the moment where he's like, man, I'm so on my head about this. Even someone who kind of knows is in a corporate setting and knows how feedback works, but like the emotions just get in there. I know. But every time, like he'll, a year later, he's like, wow, that piece of feedback changed the trajectory. I got it. You know, so it is just so, so important. Um, and your, the stat that you shared, 44% of managers dread giving feedback. On the other side of that, she says that 65% of employees wish their managers gave more feedback. Mm. So it's like wow. thinking about it that way where we are really serving our team by giving that consistent feedback whether it is constructive or positive what have you So I have
0: to remember that too I know Yeah it is it's it's again it shows you care and I think for you know almost 30s perspective I think when necessary we do a really really good job of giving feedback I think I'd like to standardize our feedback a little more for people um and it's, I think, I find this a little bit challenging, but working at like a female company with all all women, yeah. it's like... We emotional. We emotional. So it's hard because... <laughs> in the best way. <laughs> in the best way. And with Therese, we talked about that too, like how women and men are different with feedback, but it's like, it feels like the experience is different than when I've given or received feedback from men. Mm-hmm. And it's something that is hard for me personally because I'm not someone that when... I have something to say. I'm very good at making it very, I'm not good at adjusting it to be something when I'm not feeling it. Mm-hmm. So if I don't feel in conversation with feedback, like very kind, warm, or loving, then it's hard for me to express that. If I feel like I want to express something very directly, I can't do that in any way but being direct. And I think it could be a little bit better about being a little bit less um, direct sometimes or a less cold. Sometimes I feel like I have to be a little cold when I'm giving Mm. feedback just because it's like, it's too exhausting to do it any other way. Yeah,
1: I know know what you mean.
0: Something that I'm working on too, just in my personal um, life myself. But I think that it's been a joy to get a lot better at feedback and it's been a joy to really give feedback. But I think we we could definitely be more structured about it.
1: And I think it builds trust. Like I'm just realizing that now where like anytime we've given feedback to people on our team or even like contractors or what have you, it's always just, it's kind of peeled back a layer so that we can connect more deeply, which is so, so cool. So whether it's in your professional relationships and even in like your more personal relationships with friends or family, what have you, like, I think we need to remember that too, where in giving feedback, like you, there's a potential to build more
0: trust. Mm-hmm. 100%. I'm excited. This one's beautiful because it's super actionable and tip-based. Yes. And I know that a lot of you guys are either entrepreneurs with your own team, maybe you're working with contractors, maybe you're freelancing with people and you have opportunities to give feedback, or maybe you're on in a corporate setting or on a corporate team and you have people that you manage or you're being managed by people. So I think this is just super helpful and I found it to be incredibly Inspiring and informational, and she is just a true delight. Oh, so sweet! She's so delight. Her new book is out.
1: It's called "Let's Talk: Make Effective Feedback Your Superpower" by
0: Therese Huston, and you can visit ThereseHuston. Yep. She is a cognitive scientist at Seattle University. And she has a lot of experience giving keynotes, talks, and workshops. And she's worked with people like Harvard Business School, Cleveland Clinic. And she has really powerful work that's been featured in the New York Times, Harvard Business Review, Oprah's O Magazine, Forbes, etc. And I just find her to be so kind. So
1: kind. Well, enjoy this one. And if you haven't already, check out almost30.com. It's our new website as of 2021. And there you'll find our shop, which has downloadables and programs and other resources to support you in your evolution. We also have Podcast Pro for new or current podcasters
0: to help them launch, grow, and monetize their dream pod. Yeah. It's the best. Thanks, guys, for joining Almost 30. Thanks for sharing this with a friend, especially if you've had conversations about uh, feedback at work. I think it's a perfect one. And if you're new, welcome to Almost 30 Nation. We'll see you on the other side. See you soon. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Um Lindsay and I are really looking forward to speaking with you. You know, when we think about the conversations that we want to have on the show, um we often pick those conversations and information that we ourselves are learning or are interested uh, to learn. Sure. And right. I feel like so much of your work is applicable in so many different areas, whether it's the corporate mm-hmm. world, whether it's a small business, whether it's in relationships, whatever it is, so much of communication and communication skills and feedback it really applies across all industries. And I love so much that you do focus on, you know, gender and psychology of communication. And so there's a lot for us to learn today. And I really look forward, you know, to our conversation. Um, One of the pieces that I really loved about your work that I think we can start with to really ground us in you know, the now, mm-hmm. 2020, 2021, sure. is the fact that most people are remote and most people yeah. are on computers yeah. and they're having conversations with their team, their managers, other people in the organization on Zoom or digitally. Um, Great. As far as the work that you've done, have you seen a difference in the ways in which people are working and feedback is given when people are digital or what's that transition like?
2: Definitely. So there are, um, you know, we're, we're so many of us are working from home, or at least we're not working in the context that we're used to, and we all deserve great feedback, but we don't all get it. And I think working remotely has made it so much harder to get. To, it's made it harder on the managers giving feedback, and it's made it harder on the employees who are seeking feedback in both directions. It's gotten much harder. Um, I just wrote an article for Harvard Business Review on this very topic um, because one of the things that is helpful to understand both it's helpful to understand on the giving side of the feedback it's also helpful to understand on the receiving side is there's something called the negativity bias and this is this is true you know even pre covid the negativity bias is this notion that we tend to pay more attention to the negative side of things and we put a lot more energy into it and we tend to remember it those memories come to mind right away it's one of the reasons so many of us think that People forget praise right away, but they remember the critical thing that you said, right? And part of that's a negativity bias. We tend to pay more attention to the negative. But what researchers are finding is it's especially true right now. So, first of all, negativity bias, we tend to focus more on the negative when we're stressed, and people are stressed, right? <laughs> you know, true. you're, 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 you're Concern that maybe your job is gonna go away. You've got family responsibilities that you didn't have before because your kids used to go to school or, you know, you had a great daycare set up. And that's that's no longer the case. So you a lot of the support systems are are gone. So people are feeling more stress and negativity bias goes up when you feel stressed. All right. So what that means for feedback is that your boss says something like, hey Krista, I need you to redo that report. And you hear it as, oh my gosh my performance has slipped. I can't write reports, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And all your boss is saying is like, I just need you to redo page six, right? And you're thinking like, oh my gosh, and maybe I don't even belong here if I can't write reports, right? You, You go way further than what your manager meant. So a couple of tips for um, managers, uh, for, for those uh, people who, who are listening and thinking, okay, Therese, given that the negativity bias is such a problem, what do I do? First of all, state your good intentions. There's great research out of Harvard Business School by Leslie John showing that if you state your good intentions, you know, maybe you start off by saying, hey, Krista, you know, our VP is going to be looking at that report for the very first time. I really want to make sure we've crossed all of our T's and dotted our I's. Could could you go through it one more time? Now you know why, Mm -hmm. right? This is why you've got to do this extra work and you're less likely to see it as, I can't write a a, a report. I don't belong in this job. Um, So first of all, state your good intentions, why you're asking for someone to go above and beyond. Uh, A second important thing is to start with praise first. You know, you might've heard of the feedback sandwich, um, which a lot of people like to to brush aside and (laughs) denigrate. But actually... There's also research by Leslie John at Harvard Business School showing that if you start with a piece of praise first, people will pay more attention to your criticism, um, and they will they will take it. uh, They'll they'll hear it much better. Mm. So start you know start by saying okay. So when I read your report, I was really impressed because you really had a mastery of the data. But I'm kind of concerned about some of the diagrams in the data or some of the diagrams and how you present that data because you clearly understand, but I'm not sure you're explaining it as well as you could. Now I'm listening because I, I, I can tell you really paid attention to my report, right? You care about the quality of it. So state your good intentions, start with praise. And then the other key thing would be um, to clarify and contrast. So mm-hmm. the idea here would be, as a manager, um, you want to give... Because people tend to blow things up in the negative right now, start... By saying what I'm saying is X, what I'm not saying is Y. So what I might be saying to you, Krista, is you know I'm I'm saying that you need to redo parts of the report. I'm not saying that your work is shoddy. I'm I'm not saying that you can't do this work. What I am saying is I think that that you don't have the bandwidth that you normally do right now. Right. So giving that com- com- compare and contrast, what am I saying? What am I not saying? So those are, those are three things that if you're giving feedback to someone that you can do to make sure that they're they're hearing it the way that you intend it and that they're not blowing it out of proportion. I think it's especially true because we can't just stop by one another's desks and say, hey, I really love what you did in that meeting today, right? Um, which you might do really casually, but because we have to schedule a 30-minute Zoom meeting, we, we don't do those things nearly as often. Um, so, so hopefully beautiful. that's helpful to your listeners oh, who yeah. are thinking, uh, oh, I got to say something. I don't want to. I don't, I don't want to crush this person's spirit. That's hugely Definitely. important for
0: us. I mean, you know, the I really, really like the this is what I'm saying and this is what I'm not. Yeah. You know, that's really powerful mm-hmm. because, and it's also sometimes it, this is all for me also a reminder that this takes a little bit more time than what I normally give. Yeah. And that's really what I think about a lot of these communication examples, which are, these are very simple and easy for us to apply. I'm like, kind of need to slow down a little bit to be yeah. enough in the moment or in the situation to be applying all of these. Like the intention, yes. the compliment before the compliment before yep. is easy. That's that's an easy. easy one. Exactly. Um, and then yeah. what I'm not saying is really powerful. I really love, love these examples.
1: And the I intention so. is so, like,
0: I loved mm-hmm. that we're
1: sharing your in- like intention for either mm-hmm. the project that you're, you're working on the or why. reviewing the mm-hmm. why. It's it's It right. just kind of anchors you in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that.
2: I like it too and what 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 is what is kind of sneaky about the fact that everything's remote is you can have a couple of little post-its in front of you of things to remember to say right Love if that. you were meeting in your office or you were to stop by someone's workspace you wouldn't be able to have those little reminders but because you you the person can't see what's in front of you, right? So you can have your three little post-its. Okay, I'm going to say my good intentions. I'm going to make sure I give some authentic praise and I'm going to clarify what I mean and I don't mean. And you can just like, great, check, got one done, got two done, right? So you can have little cheat sheets that you couldn't do in person. So there are some advantages that can help you not... I think all too often we get so nervous when we're giving critical feedback that we forget what we were going to say. Yeah. Yeah, So for sure. Help yourself out, right? <laughs> For sure. <laughs>
1: as far as like the nuance of the, the mode within which you're giving it. So email, yeah. is this a mm-hmm. Zoom? Is this yes. a phone call? Can we just talk about that nuance and when we should be doing one over the other?
2: Oh, it's a great question, Lindsay. Um, it's, uh, it's, I think most of us would assume we should always do it over Zoom. We should always do it over video because we want to read body language. And and there's some credibility to that, right? I feel really... Because I can see you guys right mm-hmm. now, I feel really connected to you, right? Mm-hmm. And it feels really good, right? And I can see you nodding and smiling. That's <laughs> great. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is something really beneficial by having that, the video component. But there's some really fascinating research suggesting you know, there, there are times we, sh- we should actually probably do it by phone and not have a video component. Now, when would that be? So first of all, if you're giving someone really hard news that, that they've underperformed, if you know they have kids, they might prefer to do it over the phone simply because if you're telling someone they underperformed on something they don't want their kid to walk through the background in the middle of that call, right? Mm. (laughs) Um, And I have had this happen. I was giving negative feedback to someone just a week ago and I made the mistake of doing it over Zoom and I could see her daughter like reaching (laughs) in the background, (laughs) like trying to get her mom's attention. And I felt so bad for this person, right? Because she could see it too. We could both see her daughter doing this. So I watched her clo- slowly move her camera. <laughs> so her oh, daughter- bless. <laughs> oh my God. So her daughter wasn't on, on frame, so right? So
0: just quickly, in that situation sure. then, do you acknowledge the daughter? Like, this is what I have a hard time with is like the yeah. human part of it, where you're like, I'm giving yeah. you negative feedback. There's your daughter. Now I'm feeling, I don't know.
2: Now it's like, now you feel bad. You're like, oh man, I feel bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good question. You know, and the way that I just handled it is, I, I let the other person, I let her pivot her screen, and we pretended it didn't happen, right? <laughs> um, because <laughs> because she didn't notice right away, so we could pretend maybe that I didn't notice either, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I didn't want to draw attention to the fact that I didn't want to make it sound like the reason that you're underperforming is because you've got mm-hmm. childcare responsibilities. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't want that to be the message because I don't believe that's the case. So I'm not. I'm not sure that mentioning it is. uh, I mean, if you can make it funny, then I think Mm -hmm. that would work, right? Mm -hmm. If you could say something like, "Yeah, I know. I'm surprised my dog hasn't barked yet," right? Mm -hmm. You know, like if you 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 can lighten it and say, "Look, I'm human too. We're all we're all in spaces that we can't control." Um, I I think that that might you you know, to the extent that you can humanize the moment, Mm. that really helps people. Mm.
1: And. Just to kind of close the loop on the the ways we're giving feedback. So the email part. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I feel like because of how fast we're moving at times, email can be effective. Although I'm not always positive on how to structure an email where I'm giving feedback.
2: Yeah, email is tricky. So what's what, the way that I like to use email is after a feedback conversation to go back and make sure we both have the same takeaways, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like it if the employee initiates that, the employee says, okay, so here are my three top takeaways here, or here, here's what I'm going to be working on. And then I get a chance to say yes or, the, or even praise, right? To follow up and say like, so if I heard you right, like this was, this, these are some of the best numbers this quarter. And that helps your manager when they go to write your performance review later to be like, that's right. That's right from January to March you had the best numbers of the quarter that's you know I'm writing this review in September I forgot about that so um, that. I'd like to do emails after the fact as a way to make sure we both remember the key details that we discussed uh, but is is there a way when you raise this Lindsay is there something that you've seen that you thought was particularly effective as, as feedback over email? Yeah I do think that you you know applying that same
1: starting with praise and a positive is always really, effective. I guess my question is, do we have to establish kind of that feedback rapport between, uh-huh. you know, me and someone that works on our team before just solely giving feedback in an email? Does it always yes. have
2: to either start uh, with a phone call and mm-hmm. then email or right. uh, I just see kind what of you the mean nuance like a, of that? Kind of, kind of the nitty gritty there. I think when feedback is about the work, then an email is going to be okay, mm-hmm. but when feedback's about the person, it should be a phone call or uh, a Zoom call, video call. So when the feedback is about the work, so that might be you're getting back to someone. Um, uh, let's say getting back to that report that they wrote. Like, um, you know, I need I need more data. I need mm-hmm. I need more analytics on page two. Can, do you have that information? How long would it take you to get it? Right, like that kind of feedback of we need the the, the work needs blank. Mm-hmm. Got it. If the right, but if the feedback is on Lindsay, um, I'm I'm really concerned about um, how you showed up for that client meeting yesterday. You didn't seem as prepared as you usually are. Okay, now this is about like Lindsay and her preparation. So Mm -hmm. now now that's probably going to be much more effective. The person's going to get less defensive, and they're going to wonder less. What what do you, you know, with that negativity bias, if you say, I'm concerned about how you showed up for that client meeting, they might be thinking, oh my gosh, do I not get to work with clients anymore, right? Mm-hmm. They, they could go to a place that you don't mean. So having it over phone or, or Zoom is going to be a better call when it's about the person. Yeah, that makes complete sense. <laughs> wow. Okay, that. great. Yeah. I have, I have yeah. PTSD hearing, hearing you say <laughs> some of these
1: things.
0: Honestly, oh no. I'm just, no, I haven't had I've had, you know, I've actually had great managers over the years, but it's just right when you get in that situation, it's like, oh my gosh, (laughs) you literally just spiral. It's so, it's just so crazy. And I, this isn't really like a question on here, but I'm curious of your thoughts. Like, is it the way in which we're raising our children where we think that each time that we're told something that's not being approved by a manager or like a authority figure that we're feeling shameful or we're feeling bad or what is like the root of all of that where we feel like we're bad people and if we do something bad. At-
2: yeah, you know, I it could be that for so many of us, I, I don't know about the developmental side. I don't know yeah. about the child, you know, what messages we get as children. But I do think for a lot of us, our identity is wrapped up in our work. Mm-hmm. Um, That when I do good work, that means um, contributing. I'm contributing, I'm, I'm, I'm worthwhile on the planet, which is unfortunate, right? Yes. You know, we should think of ourselves as human beings, not human doings, as some people like to say. But for so many of us are, are, particularly when we're isolated from our family and friends, I wouldn't be surprised if people have even more of their identity tied up in work right now because uh, there's, there's lots of great research showing that people are more resilient and bounce back from hardship when they are... When they have lots of roles in their social lives, when they're clearly a good sister and they're a really good neighbor and they they play an important role at church. Well, so many of these roles have kind of been stripped away right now, right? Mm. I mean, you might be a good sister on the other side of the country, texting your sister saying, "Hey, nice job! I, I you know, hey, today's your big day," but you don't feel like you're the kind of sister that you normally are, where you get to see one another. You know, you didn't get home for Christmas, right? now, There are all these mm-hmm. ways in which you feel like some of your roles have been stripped away socially. So I think for more of us right now, our our identities are tied up in our work.
0: Oh, wow. That's um, a great point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A work and then social media, like mm-hmm. your social media persona. Yeah. You know, like the... <gasps> yes. Yeah. That's so interesting. Wow. That's, yeah. That's powerful.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And I was on the other side of that, like why... Why would someone dread giving feedback
2: mm-hmm. ah it's a I'm, I'm really glad you asked this question because so many of us dread it there's one survey done by Singer and Folkman that found that forty four percent of employees dread giving feedback to mm. in negative feedback to anyone at work, and you'd think that okay well managers are going to be a lot better right managers have to do this they're going their numbers are going to be better and data there shows that one in five managers twenty one percent will just not have negative feedback conversations they will just Avoid it altogether. I, I was in this situation not too long ago. I had hired a designer to do some work for me, um, and uh, her initial designs, I wasn't happy with them. And my first thought was like, "Oh, I hired the wrong person. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I better hire. I better hire someone else." And I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Like, let's let's give her a chance. Let's let's let me give her some. But you know, I, I even I who think a lot about feedback was immediately like, "Oops, she can't do it. Pivot." to someone Mm -hmm. else. Um, What we need to do is we need to, instead of assuming that this is the best work they can do, to assume instead, okay, this is our starting point. Great. I need to give you some feedback so that it can get better. I I think for a lot of us are getting back to the issue of identity. Our identities are wrapped up in being... a nice person, a kind person. I think of myself right, as a good guy, as, as someone who's really supportive of people. And if I say that bad thing, then, then I'm a bad guy, mm-hmm. right? Or I'm going to feel like a bad guy. Um, and so some of us don't do those things because we are, we're thinking that we're too nice mm-hmm. to say those things. But the way I try to think about it is I'm being the good guy if I let people know like, hey, here's how you... Here's, here's what you can improve, right? Um, I especially if you're in an organization where word's going to get around about someone being bad at something. You you don't want that word to get around, right? And that can even Mm. be the way that you can frame it. You can say, hey, look, I want... you know When people talk about you, Lindsay, I want them to say, she's one of the best podcast hosts I've ever seen. Um, But right now, I'm concerned that they're saying blank instead right? Mm. And you'd be like, oh my gosh, wait, this feels too that true. Yeah, this is real. This is very Use real. Use a work example, please, okay? <laughs> Trigger trace. Yeah. Come yeah. <laughs> Turned into a real feedback session. <laughs> I know, I know. Where's I our sandwich? Eyes, I, I, I feel Lindsay's eyes getting bigger. She's just like, wait, what, what have you heard about me? Yeah, what is it? Honestly, <laughs> I
1: don't think public podcast was on the list.
0: to get
2: feedback. You're like, can I be a data analyst for this example? <laughs> exactly, Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so 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 framing it that way because people are always, you know, concerned about how other people are seeing them. So to let them know I'm concerned that people are gonna have this perception of you. I want that perception to go away. I wanna make sure that perception isn't even a possibility, right? That mm-hmm. that never crosses anyone's mind. And then people will feel that, you know, getting back to your good intentions that you're looking out for them. And people really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I love that. I wonder, with
0: just as a first note, it's always really important for sure. us because there's so many women of our community that are in corporate jobs that do yeah. work within the corporate yeah. space. And I've always been like a champion of people working in the corporate space because it's a really beautiful experience. Um, yeah. But you know, for some of the people that maybe are small business owners, they started their own thing. They're working with contractors, or maybe they're working with people that are temp. You know, like your person that's your designer right. that you just sure. hired for right. this one a product project. Right? Is right. the same sort of feedback appropriate or like what do we do in those shorter term relationships like should we be investing that much energy as with someone we're working
2: with long term that's a great question because so many of us are doing side hustles and doing gigs and and you know you're just hiring someone for one a one-off right um i would say do it even in those short-term relationships because you're trying to build your feedback muscle Mm. right if you if if you're one of the people, if you're one of those 20%, especially that tends to avoid feedback conversations, there's some beauty in practicing giving feedback to people that you're just going to have a short-term relationship with, because now you're getting to practice. You're getting to find out, like, okay, I'm going to try this strategy. Therese suggested it. I'm going to, going to try it and see what happens. Oh, it wasn't so bad actually. So because we need, we we kind of we need feedback on our feedback, right? Mm-hmm. We need to see that we can do this. And if you're someone who tends to avoid these conversations, you don't realize that they don't tend to be the end of the world. But if you start practicing them, you'll see that. So I, I would I would advise it just just. just... Just in terms of you know, as a practice exercise, I I was working with a CEO, and um, she was she was in her early twenties. She just started her company, and she wasn't very used to giving feedback. She only had three employees, small, and she had and one of one of her key people was underperforming, and she needed to let him know this. And she went in, she like had a little script. She had rehearsed it and rehearsed it the night before and she'd rehearsed it in the shower that morning. And she was so certain this was going to go well. And she said her little script and he got really upset. And she's like, but, but I said all the things. <laughs> I'm, mm-hmm. Wait, but, but this should have gone well. Mm. Um, and uh, and I, we've, we've been there where we practice the scripts, especially if you're a new manager. Um, but you know, I think what was hard for her is she hadn't had any practice giving feed, critical yeah. feedback to anyone. The first time that she was doing it was in this relationship that really, really mattered. And so um, she was clinging to Having the perfect script and the perfect script failed her, but she 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 couldn't even like pivot and try to listen to him because she was so caught up in like, did I say all my key points right? Mm-hmm. So it's one of the reasons that I think practicing feedback. I even practice with my husband, right? I practice. Love I'm like, that. hey, I'm going to try a new technique. <laughs> 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 what What do you think of this one, right? And and then he'll you know he'll be like, actually, that did make it easier. Or he'll be like, ouch, Aww. ouch, right? So so practicing with people that can that can be one way to view it. Are there
1: ways in which, whether you're in a corporate setting or more of like a startup entrepreneurial setting, where you can set up a precedent for feedback? And like, what would that look like? So that, you know, the the team and anyone coming onto the team who's new kind of knows the Mm -hmm. deal when it comes to
0: how... I'm trying to think of companies. There's like famous companies that really are like feedback... Focused companies. I'm trying to think of some examples, Mm -hmm. but continue.
2: Yeah, no, you're right. So Bridgewater, Mm with the financial services investment company, is really known for this. Oh yes, Um, Mm -hmm. right. Yeah, Ray Dalio's company. They have a. They're, uh, you know, to the point. I think there are 21 qualities, and you rate every other employee that you interact with on these 21 qualities, and your ratings are public. Like I could go and see your ratings on how good are you at giving examples in meetings. Like, wow, okay. <laughs> you know, like, I only got a two out of five on that. Right? It's 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 they're really transparent. He calls it radical transparency. Mm-hmm. That he's gone really far. And, and <laughs> I you know, know, honestly, what, it's like wow. it's like black mirror.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're like it's you exactly, are very a four.
2: <laughs> 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 right, right. I'm not. I'm not suggesting this. First of all, it's an incredible amount of work, and also mm-hmm. he has huge turnover. Bridgewater. They lose 30% of their employees in the first 18 months. So one out of three people are out wow. Of there. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah. So I'm not suggesting this as a model. But, but to your point, what would be um, simpler ways to create a feedback culture, right? Because I think that's what you're getting at. How do, how do I create a culture of feedback? Um, a good thing that you can do as a manager is to to tell your team like i'm 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 always on a quest for improvement or whatever whatever mm. words feel yummy in your mouth like i'm i'm trying to be a you know i'm trying to make this my best year as a manager i'd love feedback on what i could do to improve so making it clear that you're open to feedback and that's huge because employees are often reluctant to give feedback up right so that 's one way that you can create a really good culture of feedback is to tell people you want you want to know how things are going, what you can do to improve you know what 's my main limiter right now, What do you see as my main limiter and then the other way to create a really good feedback culture is when you 're having conversations with your employees, ask them how do you think that went right mm. how, how do you think, How do you think last week 's show went? you know what, what were you happy with? What did you think was the best moment? what would you do differently if you could have the exact same guest on what would you do differently and so what's nice about that is you're creating you're going to let you're letting the other person know this is a conversation we're a team here we're Love figuring that. this out together right it's not just me spouting pronouncements on your work instead it's like uh, you know what what did you like it what was your favorite part of that what would you do what would you do exactly the same way what were you like you know fist fist in the air <laughs> i did that right um because we we want we want feedback to be a conversation. If it's a one if it's one way, that person's going to tune you out or to get defensive. If it's a conversation, then we're both engaged.
0: Mm. Yeah, I love that. It's so it's so hard it's sometimes, so hard. you know, because you're like, um, it, <laughs> wait, say more say more about that. It just, what do you mean? You're, you're like, Mah. so so I, I find myself sometimes so not in not in our current case, mm. but I found it hard when I was in a corporate job to be really honest Mm -hmm. when I, you know, in either sense, when I was managing people and when I wasn't, I found it a little bit challenging. It's like, I really appreciate the structure that you provide because it's simple and clear, but I also found it to be a little exhausting sometimes where it's like, can I just say how I feel? You know, and and this speaks to a little bit like my next question, which I'm curious if it speaks to your example of the person you're working with, the CEO woman who had to give feedback. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I feel like uh, maybe that person at that company was seeing her as a friend and as someone that they were doing this together. And there's almost this identity shattering that happens sometimes when you're giving feedback where now your identity is no longer my friend, you are now my boss. So what's Mm -hmm. sort of that kind of construct and how can we like... Work with that if we're managing or being managed
2: mm, such a good point, point. and you know, one of the things that you're getting at there, Krista, is that you're getting at this issue of uh when 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 we give feedback we're in a position of power mm-hmm. right yeah you you move from like we're equals, we're friends to all of a sudden like oh i've got I've got the power in the room, it just shifted right um and uh and that can be, first of all, can be uncomfortable if you've if you've really worked so that we're all on equal footing. We're all we're all the same here. All, all of a sudden, now I've got more power. So for some people, that can simply be uncomfortable. But it can also be um, threatening to the other person to to remember that that's right. You can you control my salary, or you you control which projects I get put on. Do I get put on the high profile projects or not? So I I do think that that's part of what's. What can be feel icky about that dynamic, or that can feel uncomfortable? But because you have power, it's and in fact, this is how researchers in in the lab will give someone power. One of the quickest ways to give people power is to say, give this person feedback, and all of a sudden, you've changed the power dynamic, right? Wow. So even even with people who don't know one another, it's a quick way to 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 have power. Um, and so I I would remember. Remind yourself that you've got power, and to say like, I, I really want to help you. How can, how can I help you with this? Right? Because then that when you put yourself in the helping mode, you you put yourself mm-hmm. back on more equal footing, or at least you're using your power for good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> let's let's use our power for good. I, I you know, I, I see that you have management potential, and and right now you're doing some things that are going to hurt your credibility as a manager. Mm-hmm. So let's let's figure that one out together. I um. How, how can I help you with this? Right. Mm. And you can be really authentic in it. You know, it's like getting back to what you were saying. I just want to say how I'm feeling, which is this isn't, I, I know you can do better. This mm-hmm. isn't your best work. What's going on here? Help mm-hmm. me understand. Right. And, and now you're creating, uh, we're changing the power dynamic. I'm here with you. Mm. I like to say side with the person, not with the problem. Mm. Right? And by that, I mean, like that. When, you're, when you're giving feedback to someone, there are three entities in the room. There's the problem, there's you, the feedback giver, and there's the person who's listening to the feedback or the employee, the recipient. Um, and people will immediately feel, are you siding with the problem? Are you over there like, I'm over here as the employee, I'm all by myself. And you, the manager is like, this problem is so important. Don't you see how, what a big deal it is? if you can side with the employee if you can you know like feel like you're swiveling your chair over next to that employee and being like okay so friday's deadline came and went and and you didn't get your your work in Tell me what happened, what, what got in your way right now, can you tell even the tone difference right i 'm mm-hmm. sitting next to you as the employee I'm right next to you as the employee like what what happened out there because that's not that 's not you. I know you don't miss deadlines, so tell me what happened, and that helps them feel you 're siding with me, you care more about me and and, and that's going to help change the power dynamic. Mm. What happens,
0: just to go a little bit further on the same example. Sure. What happens then in the situation where you're like, you know, what happened? Like Friday came and went and right. you didn't get and the report went. in. Right. And, there, then, and then someone goes into personal things like at home. Mm. You know, right. how do we, uh, like, what's this, the process there? Do we, are we boundaryed? Are we attached? Are we not attached? Mm. But like, what's mm. the sort of response there if it's going away from something that is related to work?
2: Yeah. So, I, I, you know, you, you can't be, you know, we can, we're not all therapists yes. and we shouldn't be, right? So, so uh, don't feel like you have to put on a therapist mm-hmm. hat or, or take on that role. Um, a really fair thing to do is to say, okay, so what happened? Is, is something going on that's unusual for you? This isn't typical What's going on? And to give that person a chance to express, oh my gosh, you know, my dad's in the hospital, Mm -hmm. and I can't go visit him because of COVID, whatever it might be, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And then after they've said that, like, okay, but this is, you know, so that's that's really those are really hard circumstances. I can see why you're struggling. Do do we need to change any of the future deadlines for you? You know, what what, Mm -hmm. what's going to allow you to? you know, take care of your family responsibilities as well as, but the work still needs to get done. Should I be shifting some responsibilities over to other people? And that gives the person like, okay, Crap! No, I don't want to. You know, it gives them a chance to say, "All right, I'm going to step up." Thank you for giving me this opportunity to think about stepping up. Um, Mm. And so you're getting, you're pivoting. You know, you're you're giving that person room to express because we we need more high quality connections at work, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what you're providing a high quality connection. But but you're not saying that the work doesn't matter, right? The work still does matter. What. What what's going to help you get back on track, right? And I think that that's a, a very humane way to have the conversation to say, yeah, I, I wish I could change the deadline, but I can't. That's we, we still need to we still need to have that stuff ready by Friday. What 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 do you suggest? And you may differ with what that person suggests is a solution. You may have to say, okay, I still don't think that's going to quite get us where we need to go. But you're you're showing that partnership, and you're giving that person to, a chance to show. They, that, they, that they are a good problem solver with you. Mm. Love that. Yeah, because I think it gets so tricky when,
1: you know, in this case, the employee mm. just assumes that their employer does not care about mm-hmm. what's happening personally right. at home. So I, I, exactly. I really appreciate that, like both of recognizing and honoring what's happening and then also yes. providing, you know, expectations and solutions. Exactly. So that you can keep moving forward. Before you were talking about giving feedback up, Yes. And I'm I'm fascinated mm-hmm. by that because I'm I'm thinking back and I've never been necessarily in a corporate setting. I worked for a corporate company, but I mm-hmm. it was a little different. I was like a spin instructor. And um nice. I do oh, Soul Cycle,
0: right? Yeah, it's Soul
2: Cycle. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you soul did soul your, soul your research. Plus, number one guest. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I have mean, al- always wanted to do Soul Cycle, so it was like, oh, uh, she's, she's, she's
1: up there. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, and I feel like you know, I've, I've, I've given feedback to kind of like one one manager up, right? But right, nothing right. to on like a a corporate level, and mm. to me that feels scary. That feels like, is it worth it? Would I become very replaceable if I stir the pot mm. a little bit and give some very truthful feedback? And I've just heard from friends and even my boyfriend when he's wanted to give feedback to you know, his yes. managers or bosses and having to mull over it. And like, is this even worth it? Because there's egos involved, there's just so many dynamics and layers of the situation. So I would love to hear your thoughts on that.
2: It is really tricky, right? And we were just talking about power that, you know, the, mm-hmm. your, your manager, your supervisor has power over you. How are they going to take it? Are they going to see you now as a squeaky wheel that, you know, needs to be taken off the bus kind mm-hmm. of thing, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, it's, uh, it, it is really hard to give feedback up. So, um, a couple of strategies. So one, it's always easier to give feedback if you've been given permission to give feedback up. So, if you can anticipate this, you could say to your boss like, "Hey, uh, you know, we, we've just started working on the blank project. Um, let's say that we just started working on the Pepsi project, and um, I have, you know, having been in sales now, having been on the sales team, and having done the Coke contract, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm familiar with how this might go." Uh, if if I see any issues because I've got this unique perspective, would you like me to bring up any feedback along the way, um, or you're not interested? And t- trust me, just about any manager will be like, "Oh yeah, if you've got feedback for me, please mm-hmm. let let me know." So you've now been given permission to do that in the future, okay. and and maybe you you're thinking, "Okay, Therese, but I you know I don't have that foresight to ask that." Um, you can even ask in the moment. You can say, "Hey, I really um, uh, I've I, I've I've heard some." Some things from other team members and I want to... I want to make sure people have a really good... Imp- I, I think you're an incredible manager. I want to make sure everyone continues to see you that way. Would it be helpful to hear some of that feedback? And, and that person might be like, oh my gosh, wait, there's a negative perception of me. Mm-hmm. Um, it can get a little tricky because then you, you, you're then trying to... Then they'll be like, well, who's saying this? Well, like mm-hmm. I, you know, in confidence, I can't say who's saying it, but I'm just concerned about this. Then that person is, is very tuned into, wait, what have you heard? All right. And, and they're now going to be seeing you as someone who can prevent bad things from happening going down the line. So those, so getting permission is is important. The other thing to keep in mind here is do you have a really good relationship with your boss right now? You're probably good at reading that. If you feel like, you know, trust isn't there as much as it should be, then maybe now is not the time to bring it up. Um, But uh, if you feel like you've got a good working relationship, then asking the boss, would you like some feedback? Is this a good time? Or are you pretty overwhelmed? And also give them an out. Like say, I can see you've got a lot on your plate right now. Would it be helpful to have some feedback or is now not the right time? Mm. And then you've kind of set it up like, at some point, you should really ask me for my feedback. (laughs) (laughs) You kind of sneakily put it out there. And chances are, then your boss is more likely to be like, Hey, can we talk for five minutes after the Zoom call? I I I am ready for the feedback now, right? Um, So uh, those are some ways that you can approach it. Love that. I do have a question
0: on. So you know, a few times it's been the sentiment around. You know, I'm trying to protect your how you're perceived at work, and I'm trying to protect how others perceive you, and I don't want anyone to have a bad. Do you feel like like from my perception that to me feels like are you trying to use other people's perceptions to not say what you want? Uh, and so, and be more direct and be like, I actually feel that your work isn't. So, so what do you think about that? Do you find it to be softer if you're kind of bringing that in? And can you only bring that in if it's true? Or is being more just like direct with it better?
2: Yeah, it's a great question. Um, It's going to, in part, depend on you as an individual in terms of what you're comfortable doing. Yeah. There is There is one place where it's really bad to invoke other... People, yeah. Um, And the one place where it's really bad to say, "Hey, everybody's talking about blank." Let's say you have you have like hygiene issues to bring up with someone, right? Yeah. So so this isn't this isn't a problem right now because of COVID because most people are working at home. But you know, I've I've you were in my house, it would be a problem. (laughs) (laughs) If you saw me before this, you would you would disagree (laughs) exactly. Like if what you're going to do is say to someone, "Hey, look, you know." Uh, you you can't wear a hoodie to client meetings, mm-hmm. or like you know someone's on an all cauliflower diet and they've got gas. Right? <laughs> like... And you're like, okay, um, this is, this affects how people want to work with you, right? So you don't you in those cases where it's a personal, like particularly a hygiene issue, you don't want to say, hey, everybody's complaining about this, yes. right? Instead, you want to say, um, you want to say, hey, this is awkward. It's a, a couple of steps. First of all, this is awkward to bring up, um, but I I want to make sure that people want to continue working with you. And right now, I'm I'm concerned. There's a there's a A problem. There's an obstacle in the way. There's there's a reason people don't want to work with you. I've noticed a smell Mm -hmm. that you have a smell. And (laughs) I love you. You (laughs) know, same. Can you imagine? I I know. This is like the hardest feedback conversation ever. (laughs) (laughs) I love that on your face. It was so genuine. You're like,
0: I've noticed a smell. (gasps) <gasps> Holy <Good>. mackerel. <laughs> remember,
1: remember in like, I just remember in school, like elementary school when it was that tipping point of when people started to actually, yes. like kids started to get body odor. Totally. And it oh, would I be a conversation though. like yes. the teacher yes. had to have. I, Yes. So I'm loving yes. this.
2: I think this is so so right and so true. <laughs> so true. And this is the most awkward conversation because it's about the person, it's not about yeah. the work. So you want to yeah. make it about the work, right? Then you want to pivot to and I'm concerned it it's going to make people not want to work with you. Okay. So what are your thoughts? And then get it there. Get it to like what, you know, I've noticed this. It's I'm concerned it's it's going to interfere with your work and people wanting to work with you. What are your thoughts? And now you've opened it up for that person to tell you about that all cauliflower diet or about, you know, uh, about like, you know, they don't have time to shower after their morning run, whatever it might be. But you've now moved it into the productive space. Like, let's problem solve together, right? So that would be a case where it will really backfire if you were to say, Hey, everyone is saying you've got a smell, <laughs> right? <laughs> because now they feel like everyone's ganged against them, yeah. right? So you, when when you're making that kind of observation about the person, make make it you, make mm-hmm. it you know as as hard as that may be, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you're you're gonna you're gonna trigger fewer defenses if you do it that way. Mm-hmm. I love that example. Um... It's it's it, yeah. <laughs> I, I I never want to have to have that conversation. No, <laughs> <But> it's. <laughs> It's good to have pointers if you do. I'm curious, you know,
1: not knowing what's going to happen this year as far as how the workplace will change, go back to normal, who knows. But what are some of like the biggest takeaways, whether, you know, personally in your own business or that you've read about, observed, studied, that you would love to emphasize to bring into the way we do work, the way we do feedback? In the workplace, I think, you know, just having experienced what we have experienced this year where it just felt completely disjointed, we had to kind of be in this fight or flight of like, what's going to happen next? So is there anything that sticks out as like, oh, wow, I will always do that differently now that I experienced that?
2: Yeah, I think, I think so many of us are feeling invisible with our work during COVID. Um, we... we you know, no, no one sees at us us at our desk if we, you know, are are, are laboring away. Nobody knows that we were uh, working on that report late. Like if you if you get yeah. into the office early, people know. You know, they see your car or they see that you've already like been there and had breakfast when they show up mm-hmm. at at nine a.m. and it's clear you've already been there for two hours. Nobody nobody knows that. Maybe maybe they see your emails or um, you know they see that you were sending out. Me- Chats messages to people early but but all too often we feel invisible right now, and so I think what's really important and you can do this as a colleague or you can do it as a manager is to point out, hey, I see you going above and beyond. I really appreciate all the hard work that you're doing uh, i I notice that you're going the extra mile just these these kinds of things because people are feeling invisible and Particularly if you're single, right, and you don't even have a family around you that, that. Is is giving you support? You're probably needing more support at work than you used to, and and we don't feel we can ask for it. You know, it's really hard to ask for appreciation, right? Mm-hmm. It would be really hard for me to say to you, Krista, hey, Krista, could you just tell me I'm doing a good job right now, right? <laughs> like, like I could ask that, but man, that really makes me feel super powerless and and, and lame, <laughs> right? Why don't I have enough confidence, <laughs> right? So, um, uh, people people might be comfortable asking for coaching or advice, but they're usually uncomfortable. Asking for praise, Mm. so it's one of the things I think we can be doing. And you don't even have to be a manager to be doing this. You know, a thing that I love to do when I'm in a Zoom call with someone is do a little private chat with someone. Just be like, I love that point. Thank you for making it. I wish I was hoping someone would ask that question. Mm. Just that little momentary, and you can even do it as a public. Like, thank you so much for asking that question, Jill. Um, But but Mm. but those moments, those little bursts that. You know, if we were in a meeting together, sitting around a table, I could see that you were really listening hard to Mm -hmm. me. Whereas that's harder to tell in Zoom, right? Mm -hmm. Just so we need need to verbalize it more. Mm. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, I love that.
0: And then, you know, one of the things I think that... I'm really working on. I don't struggle with per se, but but I just want to be even better as being more confident in my decision making. You know, especially as a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen in your research just like discrepancies or differences between the confidence of decision making in men and women?
2: There is uh oh gosh unfortunately you 're not alone. Um, the, the research says that women tend to have a lot less confidence at work than men do. There was one recent study out of the United Kingdom where they surveyed managers, and fifty percent of female managers said that they doubted their decisions at work, whereas only thirty one percent of male managers said that they doubted, so you know you got half of the women managers doubting their decisions and rough less than one third of the wow. male managers. So, so confidence is, is tricky. Definitely. I have two, two pieces of advice. So um, one piece of advice is to think about conf- So for actually one, before I get to the two pieces of advice, the good news is, is that there's lots of research showing that when you're making a decision, having lower confidence actually helps you make better decisions. It may not feel good. It may feel like, Oh, I wish I was really confident in this. But the research shows that if you have high Confidence when you're making decisions, you don't tend to seek out more data mm. right you just go with your gut like i'm going to do this i don't I, you know i don't I, it's it's the right choice I, I don't need any more input I don't need to ask anybody else um, and people who have super high confidence often make poor decisions and so there's interesting data around especially men who are overconfident making bad decisions for their companies so one thing to keep in mind is Having lower confidence actually helps your decision making because you're going to seek more data. You're not going to make the decision too soon. But the two pieces of advice that I would have is one, think about confidence as a dial. So when you're still making the decision and you haven't made the decision yet, turn your, it's okay to have your confidence low. Turn that dial low. Get, Mm -hmm. get more information. Seek other people's advice. Do research on Google. Like what, what, what are people doing in this situation? Or what are the five myths? That's a thing I like to do. What are the five myths about blank, right? And then I know like, oh, I'm not going to make that mistake, <laughs> right? Mm. So turn your confidence dial down while you're making the decision. And then once you make the decision, turn that confidence dial way up, right? Because mm. now you need to project to the rest of the world. Here's, here's what we're doing. Here's what we're going to do on this show. Here's, what we're gonna, here's the decision that we're going to make about how we're investing our marketing budget, whatever it might be. Turn the dial up once you've made the decision because other people are looking to you for that signal right mm. so think of confidence as a dial you're not stuck in one or the other you can you can you can play with it it's adjustable and then the other piece of advice that I would have about confidence if you're feeling like an imposter because you're doing something new that's okay we so often think imposter syndrome I shouldn't feel like an imposter I should have total confidence no no I love Seth Godin he's a great uh, writer he he makes the the observation around the imposter syndrome that that's just a sign that you're putting yourself out out there, that you're taking risks, you're trying to grow. You know, you guys. I'm, I'm sure when you first started your podcast, you weren't as confident as you are mm-hmm. today. And look, <laughs> look at where it is, right? Mm-hmm. Because you took that risk and you did something you weren't quite comfortable with. Um, I like, like Seth Godin does a great analogy. Let's say you let's say you wanted to run a half marathon. Okay, you never you, and and you've you know you're going from like I've never even run a 5k and I want to do a half marathon. If you were to hire a running coach. And you went to that running coach and said, okay, I never want to feel tired. I mean, I want to do a half marathon and I never want to feel tired. Your running coach should be like, yeah, don't do this, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. And the same is true with imposter syndrome. If you're going to try something new, you're going to feel like an imposter. And that's just because you're trying something new. It isn't a sign that you shouldn't be doing it.
1: And I could imagine in your research, just with women... (laughs) When you make it when we make a decision, speaking from my own experience, sure. Yeah. It's I'm thinking about a lot of other things besides just the decision. I'm thinking about how is the other person going to receive this? Will it affect their relationship with their family? Will it, you know, there's just so many ways in which women multitask and kind of caretake. Mm-hmm. And right. so right. is that a positive thing? Can we turn that into a more positive thing rather than uh it kind of feels like a distraction from the actual decision that needs to be made.
2: Yeah, right. You can kind of get into analysis paralysis where you're trying to take so many people's needs into account. I haven't seen data on that, but I wouldn't be surprised if women are considering more angles before they make a decision. There is evidence that women take more people's input into account, that they seek more input. Like even... uh, female mayors compared to male mayors of of a of a town female mayors will bring their budget decisions to town hall to discuss whereas male mayors are more likely to be like well here's the budget for next year, everybody <laughs> deal with it, right? You know maybe they wouldn't put it that way, but they're more likely to make the decision on their own or right. with just one advisor as opposed to bringing it publicly it is It is really tricky, right? How do you balance those needs because you're being caring and you're being inclusive, which we want to be, by trying to think about the different people that the decision affects I think For me, when I've made a decision where I'm concerned that it's going to affect a lot of people, I I try to find out does it affect you as much as I think it's going to affect you. You know, I know for some moms Mm. when they're making decisions that like they're gonna it's going to affect their kids to to go to their kids and say, hey, uh, you know, I'm deciding to take this promotion, but it means that I'm going to miss some of your softball games. How how. How does that sound to you? Is that is that okay? Do you really need me there? How how is this going to affect you? And your kid might be like, "Oh my gosh, it's so embarrassing that you come to every softball game." Right? <laughs> <laughs> so so to find out, does it? You know, you you may have a vision of this having an impact on people that they don't see or that they're not worried about. That they might be able to come back to you and say, "It's okay if you miss my softball games, but man, I really need you to be there when I when I do my school play every spring." Mm-hmm. Like. Like, I need you there all three nights, right? Like, find find out what it is, right? Where, where they need you most. Mm, love that. For you
0: in this work, like, was it really just the research? This is the last question for me. Is it just the awesome. research that that's brought you to this place? Or have you also done other therapies, you know, to be this emotionally, to be at this high emotional level where you're able to have these like, egoless conversations with people with feedback mm. like what other work have you done outside of like your natural research re- uh, research and then practicing
2: a, a lot of it is it is based on the research I'm, i've been trying to find ways that i could support people at work that is very concrete what could, what mm. actions can i take because simply creating more trust at work or creating a better workplace environment is so vague yes. that i really wanted to focus on things that were actionable but the other part is is when i reflect on my own career some of my most memorable moments at work have been feedback experiences. Mm-hmm. The good and the bad. I don't know about you, but mm-hmm. when someone tells you you're the best thing they've seen on this team, you you know that moment feels so incredibly good. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I remember I, a pivotal moment where someone told me I had beautiful writing. That was the beginning of my writing career. Wow. When she said, you write beautifully. I was like, what? Wait, mm. are you serious? I, I was, it created so much hope for me. But I've also had the experiences where I've gotten feedback where I felt crushed. I had I, I, uh, one quick story about a terrible feedback experience. Um, early in my career, I had asked my boss for feedback on my work. And she said, you know, because I just finished a year in a new job and I wanted to like know what I could work on. She said, let's go out to lunch. We'll talk about it. That'll be fun. I'm like, okay, great. So we went out to lunch. The whole lunch, we didn't talk about my work. We talked about our pets. We talked about my fiance. We talked about her. As husband. it goes. It was, <laughs> yeah, it was lovely. It was such a nice connection, right? We get to the end of the lunch and I'm like, okay, I got to ask her on the walk back to my offices and we're paying the bill. And she said, do you mind if we stop in the restroom on the way? And I'm like, oh, no. For oh, sure. God. You know what's about to happen, right? What happens, Krista? <laughs> she launches into my performance review. We're in our stalls. And she's like, so, Therese, about this year. I'm like, no, 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 <gasps> no, no. <laughs>
1: Oh, no, my no, God. No, right. You're like, I'm on the cauliflower diet. We can't do it <laughs> in here, honestly.
2: <laughs> right, exactly. We're like, who's going to walk in? We don't know. I don't know what you're about to say. Uh, you know... And I jokingly even like thought like, I can't even write any of this down, 100%. right? I just like, what am I gonna do? And you know, she she had good intentions. She was super busy. She had just been promoted. She was overwhelmed. I get it. I, I mean, I understand she was just, all of a sudden she remembered it and she wanted to make sure she squeezed this in. But gosh, I felt so powerless. And then I also felt like that was it. I can't go back and say like, hey, can we talk about my performance yeah. again? You know, what you said in the bathroom, I didn't quite get all that, yeah, right. I just right. Felt like... <laughs> Wow. Oh my gosh! Um, so, so, I mean, I, remember, I I have I have that I have the little video I can play in my mind at any moment, and it was so stressful. And there's just so many ways we can flub feedback. It just really makes me impassioned to make sure that nobody that no one ever has that kind of moment again in a bathroom mm. stall. Mm-hmm. And also, let's you know, we talked about gender briefly. Is that how she's giving feedback to my male colleagues? I, yeah. I don't think so, right? Yes. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah.
0: One hundred percent. Yes. Mm-hmm.
2: Logistically, and
0: also. Mm-hmm. Other, other ways. Yeah, um, exactly. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm curious how we can best integrate feedback. So mm-hmm. once we have, you know, a sit down, a phone call, a Zoom call where we do receive feedback, how do you recommend people process it, integrate it, and then practice it?
2: Mm-hmm. Great question. Nobody's asked me that. How to integrate it? So I think, especially right now, you know, if you're listening to this during COVID, that negativity bias is important to remember. Don't 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 blow it out of proportion. In fact, you can even go back. I would go back to your boss, and if if you find yourself spinning and ruminating, like, oh my gosh, like, does this mean I don't belong here? Does this mean that maybe I, I shouldn't be trusted with? our high profile clients, whatever, whatever, however you're spinning, go back and 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 test it with your boss. Like, okay, so what I took away from that was that maybe I am not fit to handle that uh, $100,000 contract. And your boss might be like, oh my gosh, no, no, I still want you on that. No, but he- here's what it means. And then, they, and then they help rein it in. They help mm-hmm. you reinterpret it. So if you find yourself taking a negative spin, check with your boss as to what she or he really, really meant by the the critical feedback. Um, the other thing that I really like to do is um, is to figure out. So often we feel once we've gotten feedback that we're kind of left on our own to deal with all the consequences, right? And one thing that I have learned really works well is let's say you know I used to I my, I had a boss who um, I only got to meet with once a month, just given her schedule and given the nature of our work. So I only got to meet with her once a month and when she would give me feedback on something i needed to work on in my next meeting with her i would say okay so here are the 3 things that i'm doing to work on that or here's the one thing i'm doing to work on that is that is that where you think i should be putting my energy or should i do you see something else as even a bigger return on my investment and that was super helpful because it it signaled to her hey one i'm working on it mm-hmm. <laughs> and and two do you have any advice on on how I could be doing this differently? Because sometimes my my boss would be like, "Oh my gosh, that was a small concern. You don't no don't need to put so much energy into it," or she might come back and say, "Oh yeah, I hadn't thought about how you might what you might actually do. Let's think about this together." But it brought her in as a partner. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, those two those two steps of checking back: am I getting the right message? And number two. Here's how I'm going to act on this. And that might even be over email. It doesn't have to be a video or a phone call. But here's, here's what I'm thinking. Is this what you had in mind um, to, to process it so you're not left coping with it on your own? Mm.
0: Yeah, that's great love that this is so
1: fun this
2: is
0: amazing we did this conversation yeah we did honestly it's so good because <laughs> yeah i think so many people can relate being in the workspace whether you are on your own or outside and i think this is so powerful and a lot of these oh, things good. i've even done in my personal relationship mm. about you know saying the positive before the negative and yes all these things are just so applicable um i'd love to tell
2: tell our audience about the book thank you so much of course um yeah, so the book is titled "Let's Talk: Make Effective Feedback Your Superpower," and it just came out with um, Penguin Random House. You can find it wherever books are sold. And I really, you know, I tell a lot of stories. I give some research, but I also give really practical advice in it. So, you know, it's one of those books that you can put little post its in, like, okay, on page thirty four, I'm going to remind myself what does it say on page thirty four, and then you go into your meeting like, great, I've got the one liner to say right now, <laughs> and and I really hope it helps people.
1: Oh, I love it's that! It's incredible. Yeah, you should be so proud. And um, and where can people connect with you best? Is it Instagram or go to your website?
2: Yeah, my website's probably the best. Great. So um, www.teresehouston. dot com, and you can you can find my name on on the on the podcast. Um, how you spell that? But that would be great. I'd love to connect with people on my website. Awesome, wonderful. Thanks, Thanks for being so much. here. We yeah.
1: appreciate you, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. Bye. I'll see you later. Thank you so much, Therese. That is one that I'm going to bookmark. <laughs> I know. That <laughs> was forever. such a good one. We appreciate you so much. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for listening. And we just want to thank our sponsors for this episode. These are brands that we love and use ourselves always. Um, so Daily Harvest, today's sponsor, Earth and Star, Uprising Food, and issue. We have all of the discount codes and links in the show notes, as well as on our website,
0: almost30.com. Yeah. Daily Harvest flatbread, sweet potato. Every night. It's my favorite thing. They're just crunchy, light. They're like these vegetable flatbreads that are so freaking bomb. And then Earth and Star... Their coffee, they're like, they have these beautiful uh, mushroom coffee cans that I'll do every morning with an Aloha protein shake. So it's like a vanilla Mm -hmm. coffee. It's so bomb. And convenient. Like I'm not dealing with all the messiness of trying to make a coffee. And I don't have a crash, which actually I'm very sensitive to caffeine. So it's actually been so beautiful And the issue. Oh, uprising food. Our favorite. Oh, dude. Rye freaking keto chip. And the sourdough bread. Is so bomb. I love it. And the issue we used for sacredness of
1: being single. Yeah. It's a great platform for creators and designers and marketers Mm -hmm. just to, you can create something once and then distribute it everywhere. Mm -hmm. So check them out. Show notes and on almost30.com. Thank you all for listening. We love you so much.
0: We love you so much. We'll see you next time. Bye.